We're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. Finally, the third episode of Seven Sun. I know, this turned into a three episode. Three episode. Yep. Seems like a while ago. As a matter of fact, I went back and I revisited my notes. And I was like, where did we finish? And then I remembered, more or less, I think we had, we'd broke, we talked about how we broke it down by Vano, but we, we finished with Seven Sun and Seven Sun. Right. We did the track yeah. Seven Sun, so we got the That's first right. two thirds of the album. Yeah, so the prophecy, clairvoyant, only the good die young artwork, loads to do today. Yep. So lots to talk about, which is going to be awesome. So we won't we won't linger too long before we get going on it. Um, I wanted to bring something up about uh, iTunes, and of course, all of our listeners on here, um, be sure to uh, rate us, rate us well. Uh, we've been doing good on that. Five stars. Yeah, as our listens have climbed so much, um, our popularity on our episodes have shot up. And I searched yesterday, and we are the number one. Uh, if you search Iron Maiden, we're the number one podcast. Now that fluctuates, but a friend of mine said, you sure it's not your search history? So they pulled out their phone and they had never searched it and they searched it and we were number one. So yeah. we're up there. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, and if we're not, if if in some search we, we bounce down or up based on the, the listens in our last yeah. you know, 15 episodes, we'll be there in no time. So well, that's great because we started yeah. in like the 20s. Yeah. And then we I remember we were at 17th for a while. That's right. And then we were kind of hovering around like the top 10 for a while. Yeah. And then we had those two other Iron Maiden podcasts from like, that haven't been updated in like five yeah. or six years and they were both showing up ahead of us and now they're like way down below us so yeah that's awesome no it's great i just want people to be able to find us yeah. so that's awesome so if you haven't rated us please go do and push us over the edge because we're pretty well there um anything else uh talk about coming up next um we haven't said anything in the last couple yeah. of weeks about this second lawsuit against yeah. iron maiden that's something i can talk about for a while so yeah. I think I might leave that till next episode because I kind of want to just get into Seven Sun. Yeah. So why don't we t- tee up a beer? Yeah. Get into Seven Sun. Next week, we'll talk about this lawsuit. So we have this. Um, we're going to do the Kitty Vitty Dayboil Session IPA today. I look forward to it. Yeah. Let's tee it up. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Yeah, it's a, a local uh, session IPA Dayboil. Nice can. Kitty yep. Vitty, we've done a few of their beers. We did the Mad Mike. 4.5% alcohol, which is awesome. Wow. Oh, man, this is awesome. I had no idea they were doing this beer. I'd heard about it, but... Yeah, I guess they have Dayboil. a whole bunch of new beers coming out this summer. Yeah, which is uh, cool, too, because Dayboil is like a Newfoundland thing for like a day. Right, boil. that's it's, like uh, yeah. you get on the go you get on the like, beer. maybe you go out for lunch on a Saturday, and next thing you know, it's <laughs> 2 o'clock and you're, <laughs> you're drunk. Pint. Yeah, that's a Dayboil. Yeah, quite often you'll yeah. you all get a message from the boys at like two o'clock on the afternoon on yeah, Sunday. It'll just say Saturday. I'll say Dayboil? Question mark? <laughs> and you're like, let's do it. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. This is really good. Yeah. I think this is their best beer. I like this even better than the Com Tom. I think it's got the flavor of the Com Tom without that insane seven point five percent, which is four it is. Eight more is nights. It? I can't remember. It's seven point five and it's eight point five for the Mad Mike. Okay, because the Com Tom, there's nothing calm about it. It's like I like these it? session IPAs a lot. I do too. Because. A lot of these like eight percent beers, you can't sit down and drink like four or five of them. You well, know what you I mean? Can, but you you're can, legless. but yeah, exactly. On a weeknight. <laughs> yeah, and this so is these are great. Yeah, it was awesome. I'll be drinking a lot of these this summer. I'd say. Yeah, I'll get that thrown up on the talkingmaiden.com/slash/beers. Uh, yeah, I've had a bunch of feedback about that uh, beer. Mm. Is it slash beers? I think it is. Anyway, if you go to talkingmaiden.com in the menu, click on beer list. We have all the beers listed that we drink on the podcast. Yeah. And links to them where you can like read about them and those reviews and stuff. So uh, yeah, we've been getting a lot of feedback. A lot of people are 
happy to see that they love it yeah. i love when you do slash beers because it reminded me remember they used to have that much music booth where people would go in and talk oh yeah and a yeah. friend of mine got in there and we clipped it because he was such a geek but he was a grammar geek but he wasn't one of these like in your face grammar geeks but he, he was so frustrated that people would be like oh man i'm drinking i'm on the beers tonight and he'd be like no you're drinking beer no technically that's right though but, we're talking about different kinds of beer. exactly yeah. that that was what he said he said when you're having multiple beer it's it's i'm having a lot of beer tonight Unless you're having multiple brands. That was what he said. Yeah. I was like, who gets on TV yeah. and says that? Like, so we clipped it and had a laugh, right? Yeah. And, uh, but that's right. So slash beers make sense because it's plural. There are different yeah. beer on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is delicious. This one gives, I give this one a thumbs up. We mm. gave them all a thumbs up so far. We gave everything a thumbs up. Except for Wild Wind Blows, which I got, I got a couple yeah. of emails. Although I did get one, like, uh, from a buddy on there, from one of our listeners. He yeah. said, look, I'm with you. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But most people were like, you guys are. Yeah, I got a few that were like. Yeah, they couldn't believe that we didn't like it. And a few people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's cool. I don't care. Well, God, we've created a controversy. To, to each their own. To yeah, each their own. The Wild With... <laughs> the Did song you the... hear it on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Enough. So where do we start now? Do you want to go back in the tracks or start on the artwork? Because, Let's do that. We it. haven't talked about the album art. We talked about the covers to the singles yeah. from this album. But we haven't actually talked about the album artwork. That's true. Uh, album artwork is some of the best Iron Maiden album artwork. Now the there, album we have in front of us sitting here—that's that's that's the new vinyl, right? Like that doesn't have the gatefold, right? Yeah. But the cover, yeah, the cover is the same. The front the cover's and the back. same. Yeah, it's Derek Riggs again. It's one of Derek Riggs's best. He got some direction from Iron Maiden, which they asked for something quote something surreal and bloody weird. Yeah, so he came up with this, gave it to Maiden. Maiden basically just like looked at it, approved it, thought it was great. Uh, I think it was Iron Maiden's idea for like the eddies in the ice. I think yeah. they went back to him and said like uh, add the eddies in the ice on the back. Did they? I re- I was reading about this because I did a little bit of a, a dive on this one because yep. um, you know the artwork is something I've been trying to get into more. Yeah. And I was reading about it and um, literally I, I went through a bunch of sources. Funny enough, I, I I mean you know I'll call my call myself out here. Wikipedia has great uh, load of um, sources on this actually, but it says. Like uh, Dickinson states that the idea to set the painting in a polar landscape may have originated from this Gustav Dior, Dior piece. Yeah, I read that too, yeah. but I've, I'm taking all mine from the Derek Riggs book. Yeah, so I'm basically right. going by what he's saying. And that's right, and it was a controversy because they get into that. But I did go through this guy, Dior's piece, and I pa- pasted in a bunch of them. Yeah. And there there are like the idea of the frozen in the ice. Yeah. There's a bunch yeah. of his paintings, which I'm, I'm showing this video that our listeners can't see. And you know the idea of a beast and all these frozen and stuff. So there is there is a body of work there that is similar. Yeah. So there must have been some. Yeah. They might have had a discussion about it or something. Yeah. But either way, again, yeah. that was from Bruce. And then he, in the same yeah. interview, Bruce said like, "Oh, we we went we didn't go far enough with the concept." So yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, he gave them this cover art. They asked him to put the old Eddies in. So you have like the Power Slave Eddie. Yeah. Number of the Beast. Yeah, I don't like the way the Number of the Beast guys just kind of put into the fog, and the other ones are actually in the ice. I think yeah. the. Uh, the peace of mind. Yeah, the, the peace of mind, yeah. you can see. But, I mean, you the, know. The other eddies in the skulls and stuff are kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of, the number of the beasts is kind of, like, tacked in there. Just it's just fit kind of in. On. I wish they had made them all, like, in ice. But it's still really cool. I love these, like, light bulb things hanging out of the sky. It's pretty yeah. cool, though. I love it. It is a cool concept, right? But it's just, it's really weird, and it's really cool. And I love the eddie. Yeah, he still has his electronic eye. He has his, like, lobotomy still. And he's got that apple. With like the yin and the yang on it, it's a it's pretty cool. And he still has kind of that metal throat, which I think is like a somewhere in time type thing. Yeah, uh, I love the there's like a guy in his stomach that he has holding in his hand. 
one of the best, most classic Maiden cover arts, I think. That Eddie is just amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never even noticed that. Yeah, there's a guy in there. There's a guy in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. It's his stomach. I always thought it was his heart. No, it's his stomach. That's oh, his, yeah. that makes sense. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. You know, so it's, in, it's the thing, the hiding in plain sight, right? Like, so when you when I saw them on the on the Maiden England tour, when they did Seven Sons, there's like an Eddie, and he's, he comes up, a huge Eddie comes up on stage, and he's holding that stomach, and there's like a guy in there moving. Like Oh, cool. Yeah. It's like animatronic. It's very cool. Anyway, classic, classic Maiden cover. Love it. Yeah. And then I'll, along with this... Uh, that would be an obscure Halloween costume, right? Just go around in roll velvet and be like... <laughs> Duh, I'm the guy in the stomach from the Seventh Sun cover. Duh. Dragging an intestine behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Dragging an intestine. Yeah. And inside the album, there's another really cool Eddie. It's like there's two candles on a desk. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a clairvoyant. Yeah. Or uh, I'm not sure what Eddie, what you call this Eddie. And there's like death in the background. And it's like Eddie with his hair shut, cropped short. He has that crystal ball in front of him hmm. with like a, it's got, a whole bunch of it's got like a fetus and like an eddy face and some flames and stuff so originally this orb that he has in front of him i read in uh derek riggs's book that originally had like world war ii bombers and tanks and burning buildings they said it was too heavy and they said that's like the term they use too heavy and he had to go back and like paint over the orb and make it more i guess abstract so yeah he's still got the bolt in his head from peace of mind that's not the prophet staring into his crystal ball it probably is actually. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Can I, I play with madness? But that's a really cool one. I have a poster of that up in my shed. Yeah, that's really cool. Yep. It's cool. I like it. Mm. If anyone remembers, we did a podcast three ago. Our Scream for Me Sarajevo episode. Yeah, where we watched. We did in that the in the shed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the cover. Art, well yeah. received, I think. A lot of yep. people liked it. We had a lot of good, a lot of positive uh, feedback. stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's the cover. Do you want to get? Let's just get right into the songs. Because yeah. last time we kind of like. Last two episodes, we kind of went off on these tangents, and next yeah. thing we knew, we were like... Well, let's before we sum, let's sum up the artwork. Okay. Uh, I'd probably put it as one of my favorites. Yeah, one of my favorites, too. Yeah. My, one of my favorite Eddie's yeah. of all time. It's, it's got the, one of the best overall just look and feels. I love the blue. Uh, just a great feel. Like I told you previously, I think we were... I don't know what it was, but the, it gives me the whole northern... When we, you know, when you're up in the north hunting in the ice. Yeah. Uh, Newfoundland seal hunters. Yeah, with the ice. Like, it's that whole calm... Amazingness, yeah. that's amazing, and so you know I've been out in boat dodging around ice like that and loving it. Yeah, and that's really cool. Um, I think it's cool too. This whole mm. ice kind of feeling that it has to it with like the blue and the ice and like the sound of the album. Yeah, where the guitar sounds so processed and everything, it kind of has this cold sound to it, and it just kind of all fits together. Right? It does. It's really cool. And it's got the nuggets when you dig into the cover that's on like on summer summertime, right? Kind of concept where so it's got that depth to it too. Yeah. You know, it's not a simple, uh, fits well. And it, to be honest with you, I used to really like the Power Slave cover. And now I, I put this well ahead of it. And, oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. The only one I think, I can't remember when we did our top yeah. 10 covers. I can't remember if this is up there. The Can I Play With Madness cover is the only one I can think of right now that I like yeah. better. I Although there's I, a whole bunch of other ones I like a lot better, I think. I was it, did I pick the Summer Back in Time tour, did, which yeah. had which had this Eddie dominant, but it was something else in there. The one's got the, like it was the live, Somewhere Back uh, in Time Eddie coming out of the pyramid. No, I yes, I did pick that one, but I picked. Did I pick a clairvoyant? I did pick a Seven Sun reference. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I I put it up there. Yeah, one of the great. top studio albums, in my mind, at least top five. 
It's very cool. Yeah. All right, let's get into the tracks. First Prophecy. song from, well, first song from the remaining songs. Track number six, The Prophecy. So, Dave Murray, Steve Harris. Yeah. Writing credits. What do you think of this? I love it. Yeah, I like it too. It's Spoiler alert, I love all the songs. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the weakest track on the album, but only yeah. because the other ones are so strong. It's still a really, really strong song. I think it's great. It's It starts off with like, it's really got a lot of exposition for the concept album yeah. theme. Um, it's a kind of weird song. It has like a really mellow intro. pretty like you know it just sets up the song and then boom it just kicks in yeah remember when we were talking about uh deja vu i think it was on somewhere in time and you liked it when like bruce sings a line and then he kind of responds to it yeah he had like a call and response thing going on yep. with two different bruce voices this song has that too it does yeah there's the you know uh or i'll just play it for you the call and response part and i think this is a really cool part of the song too So it's just cool he has like two different voices. I love it. It's cool. He's like singing back and forth with yeah. himself. That's, That's cool. one of my favorite things is when he does that. And I, a yeah. couple times I think I've been caught in the past. I was like, who's doing the other one? And you're yeah. like, no, it's both birds. I'm like, <laughs> even live. Like, I just love it. And uh, yeah, definitely adds a whole level. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah, and then it goes into an instrumental part. And then... Yeah, and it kind of eases in. But also, this this track could easily get missed after Seven Son is such a... Yeah, an epic track yeah. that, that then they kind of ease it in. Yeah. A lot of times, it, it it takes a good depth of knowledge in this album before you really this track stands out to you. Yeah, the first half of the album is so the tracks are so clearly defined. The evil yeah. that men do, and then the title track. And this and, is a strange. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around this track at first too because it has a strange yeah. song structure. It's got a lot of really cool parts, and it takes a while for it to sink in as like a song. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think it is overlooked the most on the album. It's probably why it's my least favorite out of all the songs, even though I do love it. Really? Yeah. Well, it's it's just yeah. I mean, who can you put, can you put below it? Like it's that's the thing. The album is yeah. so good. I mean, yeah. this would be top five for me in in most albums. Um, I got a little clip I'd like to play. Okay. Of um, it's something that I find that Maiden do. I highlighted every album. I think Killers. I did it. I did it. Um, I've highlighted a bunch of them where I love the transitions and I love when they do the transitions live because it just shows a band that's really tight. I just yeah. I find this is amazing. We're performing Murray solo. Not just a great solo, but I find, like, for me with the transitions, like, Killers has it, 
that, that amazing. Uh, there's a bunch of transitions. Yeah, they're kind of abrupt. I, I found when you have changes. those transitions, yeah. so they're just it builds so much anticipation for the solo. If someone just goes into a solo, cold, like you can be as technical and amazing as you want, but when it like changes, like yeah. you know, it's a part of the song where you listen, you're just waiting, and then you hear that chord, and you're like, oh yeah, and then it just yeah. transitions. It's, you just start jamming it. Yeah. So for me, I just absolutely love that. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's six eight time, and it goes into four four time, yeah. but double time. Like the tempo doubles really abruptly, yeah. and then they kick into the solo. Yeah, it's it's really cool way to set up the solo. Yeah, and it, the song is really unique, and yeah, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around the prophecy when you first hear it, and I think it probably gets looked overlooked a little bit. Yeah, by yeah. people just because of that. Yeah, it, it's a bit on theme, isn't it? I don't know, like seven sun and seven sun. What's oh the yeah, theme? well the lyrics to this are pure the seven sun story. Yeah. like it just it's exposition. Yeah, so. It's pretty cool. But I still, from a theme perspective, I still like, there's still a lot of things happening for me. You know, like for me, it's still wizards and, you know, and, and like prophecy and, you know, and then the seventh son and I don't there's know a how prophet. There's, no, there's a prophet with a crystal ball. Yeah. In, yeah. But I don't think Can't there's wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to me, that's the same genre, but I know, I know what, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the prophecy and all this, it can all fit together. Yeah. Again, the cool you know. thing on this song too is I like, I really like the, that acoustic fade out. Super unique for Maiden. It's really different for Maiden to do an acoustic thing. Like yeah, this is the before. first album I think you identified in a previous version. Yeah, and one yeah, of the only songs that has a fade out too. I think yeah. I named them before. Here, I'll play a clip and then I'll talk about it. So you can see, like, with the keyboards and then with this kind of thing, there was a bit of a backlash to this album. People thought Maiden was going soft. I mean, if you think of what stuff that was going on at the same time, that whole, like, thrash scene was going on with, like, Slayer and Megadeth and Metallica. Metallica had, like, the puppets and, like, battery intro, which is kind of acoustic-y, but it's not acoustic. It's just, you know, undistorted electric guitar parts. But this is like a full-on acoustic thing. And you can see how like people were kind of like, what is Maiden doing? They've got these keyboards and they're like mm. this acoustic stuff. It's a big change compared to like their... Yeah, they were never really yeah. heavy and they're moving probably in the opposite direction. Yeah, from where yeah. metal was going at the time. So, Yeah. And it's funny you identified the acoustic because you, you did that previously. I actually listened back to the episodes in advance of this. Because I was like, where did we, what did we cover? Oh, yeah. Where did we not go? And I was a little, because it's, it's been a while and, and we, you know, we were so in depth in two episodes. I was like, oh God. But yeah, no, that's, that's a good takeaway. I mean, I put this song, I mean, to me, I, you know, it's, if it's, if it's the, the least favorite, it's still, it's still an eight. At a day yeah. Well, me. it's my least favorite on the album, yeah. but it's, it's at the bottom of the album as yeah. far as my, if I had to rank the songs. Yeah. But it's still, it's a really well, great song. I, I talked about really Moonchild as like an intro and, and all that stuff, but yeah. I probably put it. I'd probably put it ahead of that in some ways, but it's just I I find it's it's at a place in the album where you wouldn't put a, you know it's it's just it's wedged in. Yeah, it's know? kind of like a after coming out of Seventh yeah, Son of a Seventh yeah. Son too. And you got clairvoyant. Like you would almost think that after like where Seventh Son is such an epic, 
Yeah. You'd almost think you're that's where you'd put your kind of of madness or something to like yeah. ramp it up. But I mean, I'm not complaining with the the sequencing on the album because I think no. it's great. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of why this you come out of Seventh Son of the Seventh Son, which yeah. is really intense and long and a lot of guitar solos, and then they put this song in, and it's kind of strange. Mm. And I think after this, then you have the clairvoyant, and yes. I think the song kind of gets lost between gets lost. those two really heavy classics. Next song I just mentioned, the clairvoyant. Let's get into that one. Yes, this is the first track written for the album by Steve Harris. Yeah. So the lyrics, I got into this a bit two episodes ago, I think it was. That psychic Doris Stokes uh, wondered if she he wondered if she could foresee her own death, so she died. She was a very famous psychic, like on TV and radio back in the day, and she died. And Steve Harris was kind of thinking about that, and he wrote this song. Uh, it's a solo composition by Steve Harris, and he just starts it out with this like kick-ass bass solo. So yeah, if you're a bass player, you must love that. I'm not a bass yeah. player, and I think it's amazing. So it's just cool. They start off with this intro. That was the intro. I kind of like took all the other instruments away so you could really hear it. And then they kind of layer in the instruments and bring them mm-hmm. in. like, And then it just builds and builds to this great instrumental part. Yeah, it's awesome. And then it kind of like comes back down again, gets moody, and Bruce's vocals come in. It's cool. Bruce's vocals, too. Amazing. I know you are yeah. like you love the vocals. I love the vocals. Yeah. I find this song, and this is one of my, you know, one of my favorites. Uh... I wouldn't put it even in my probably my top three or four on this album, but it's one of my yeah it's it's a great track. It's one of my favorites on the album, but yeah, you know I, I just the the front side is so dominant for me. But this is so cheesy. I it is really love, cheesy. It's but such I love a cheesy. I love that total cheesy. cheese, but and it's he good sings cheese. it kind of cheesy too. Yeah, like one thing with this album that kind of makes it make this is part of what I think makes it a yeah. really good concept album is that Bruce sings in these like characters. Yeah. so he's in character when he's singing. Like Moonchild, I mentioned it when we did Moonchild. The prophecy is the same thing with that yeah. calm response back. You know what I mean? Like he almost uses like the devil's voice for part of it. Yeah. He seems like he's like singing in the character of the seventh son. I have a clip here of Bruce's vocals. Yeah, just listen to how expressive his voice is. Feel the sweat break on my brow. Is it me or is it shadows that are dancing on the walls? Is this a dream or is it no? Is this some vision or normality I see before my eyes? So it's awesome. And that has that something else that we love that we always joke about, which is Bruce loves to sing about things being real or fantasy yeah. or something's actually happening. That's right. Yeah. Do, like, is know, this a dream or is it now? And uh, is this a vision or normality that I see before my eyes? Yeah. You know, in Number Beast, he's like, what did I see? Can I believe what I saw that night was yeah. real and not just fantasy? Yeah. How so be that name has a reference to Yeah, you. Yeah. Is, it, yeah, is this really the end, not some crazy dream? dream? That's yeah. crazy. And heaven can wait. Can't understand yeah. what is happening to me. Yeah. This isn't real. This is only a dream. Yeah. Dream of Mirrors, too, has like, am I still inside my dream? Is this a new reality? Oh, There's yeah. like, 
me and Josh are. It's always been our <laughs> thing for years. Yeah, we always are talking about like, something happened. We're like, is this real or just some crazy dream? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anytime anything crazy happens, we're like, anyway, we we always joke about that, and yeah. that's a good. That was just happens to be a good uh, example. <laughs> that was awesome. You know what? When you play that clip though, with the vocals, I'm just like, oh, I, I feel like a kid when it comes to Maiden in the sense, like, I'll be like, oh, that track's good, I like it, and then you play a clip, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best song ever. Play the full song. Like that's the hardest thing about doing a podcast is I just want to I just right now I'm just so amazed and right in this moment all I want to do is listen to it and we have to talk yeah. about it I'm just like play it I know the song's awesome all I want to do right now yeah. is crush beers and listen to this album yeah so, well <laughs> after. that's kind of what we're doing <laughs> that, that's what I did in the lead up like yeah. <laughs> I can't do it during that's true It'll be too sloppy man though that is great oh, one great thing fun. about this too is like I was talking earlier about the bass line yeah. at the beginning with that bass intro. You don't realize because all these other instruments come on layer, they get layered in, yeah, and it makes such a full sound that you forget that underneath the whole time there is this amazing bass line going on. And yeah. I have a, this is a clip from the middle of the song, and I kind of fade everything out and just leave the bass line, and then fade everything back in, and just listen to how much is going on with the bass line in this song. Everything about this song I just love. There's a lot of keyboards on this album, and you think that there's a lot of keyboards on this, but there's they kind of sit in the mix and they just kind of add some texture. Well, first off, great work on the clips, being able to blow them up. And yeah. Down. Like, for me, as a novice, like, you've played music, so, you know, other than a bit of drumming, I've done nothing. So when i breaking it down, that's amazing. Um, the keyboard piece, though, like, part of me just thinks, like, you could pre-program it and just hit the button at the right time and then pretend like you're playing. Yeah, well, I mean, you could play <laughs> yeah. this all with, like, a few fingers yeah, and just, like, you could. it's nothing too complicated. And like I said, it's in the mix, so it yeah. fits into the mix so well that, like, it just kind of adds this, like, texture back yeah. there. And it's not until I, like blast them up super loud that you can actually hear them coming yeah. in like that you could be like that girl who was playing keyboard at the football game was making those faces remember that she became like the internet meme no she was like making those know. i'll show you after okay. it's hilarious um awesome so um that's keyboard yeah but c- can you demonstrate guitar synth i do have a clip for guitar oh, synth. of course you do <laughs> That's just, yeah. You can hear it's strummed like a guitar, but it sounds yeah. like it has that keyboard sound. So. so I got a little change on the debate with synthesizers because okay. when I was listening back to our last two, when I was in prep trying to figure out what we talked about in that, it's been, it feels like it's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, but, it uh, was. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so I guess part I'm, one. Where I'm getting that's when for... I played this clip for the first time. Come on, I like the heavy metal. Yeah. 
I would like to play the heavy metal by synthesizers. Ah, uh, you can't play heavy metal with synthesizers. Yeah, I want. Yeah, Bruce changed his tune on that. He didn't want I like the heavy metal. I love that accent, man. That's Synthesizers. Crazy. Synthesizers. And then they're there. But, so, we, we, we talked about, like, keyboard synth. And, you know, keyboard was, like, Yeah, and somewhere in piano. time we did that a lot, yeah. Yeah, and keyboard is... Well, that was the first one. I remember at the yeah. time they brought it in. Keyboard, and you said that was the first synthesizer thing. We did that when we covered it. And right. It was a guitar so, synth on Somewhere in Time. Yeah. And this is the first one with the actual keyboard synth. Oh, sorry. Synth. That's right. That's yeah. right. It was a guitar synth, and this is the one with keyboard synth. Because, yeah, because yeah, everyone accused them of using synthesizers, but you were like, it was just keyboard. Right. Or it was just guitar. Yeah, so right. here's where I want to go with this. So, um, keyboard synth. Keyboard is basically like an electric piano, but there's a bunch of soundboarding stuff you can do as well. And then there's yeah. the synthesizer you run it through, and then there's the guitar aspect of it. And... and you know, it must be interesting from a, a guitarist perspective to, to have what they're used to playing. Now they do have all kinds of different tonings and things like wah pedals and all that stuff. Yeah. But now it's going through a machine and sounding different. It must be weird. All of that I can still see as legitimate music. No issue because the synthesizer changed the output. You play it differently, all that stuff. But then I was started thinking about voice synthesizers, which are happening now. Where people are like using voice synthesizers. Oh, like so that auto-tune type thing? Essentially, auto-tune is a voice synthesizer. Is it not? Or is it? Auto-tune is you're changing the pitch. You're it's manipulating different. the sound wave. So if you're like, if you sing like me, you could sing like way better. You know, like yeah. Britney Spears. Remember they isolated But if you her. used auto-tune on your guitar, you wouldn't have to hit the yeah. notes properly. You could like hit wrong notes and then just pitch shift them till they're in the, where they're supposed to be. That's right. So there's a big difference between doing auto-tune and using a synthesizer. Because synthesizer, you're still playing, what you're playing yeah. gets, you're changing the tone and stuff and it's coming out sounding different. That's right. But the notes are the same. Like when you're playing a guitar synth, if you hit a note, that note gets comes out. And you can pitch shift it and change it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because it's, it's But you're still, not cha- it's, correcting it's it. It's an analog yeah. change on a wave. So you're changing wave, you're multiplying it, and whatever. But you're not right. actually wave subtracting or deleting certain yeah, mistakes. I suppose. Yeah. yeah I so that makes mean. sense to me. But yeah. 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 And I don't know. I was, Remember that isolated track of Britney Spears singing? Yeah, that? I that think that was like, like a rehearsal thing or something. Yeah, you yeah. Know, no, it wasn't rehearsal. It was like someone had recorded. Oh, was it? Because she was using an auto tune. I do remember recorded, that. Yeah, and she was like, at <laughs> a breath and oh, like yeah. singing, like it was like I was singing. Yeah, and then it was coming out like amazing, and they were like, "This is how bad she is." So maybe the person that's using the auto tune to fix the voice is the one that's actually playing the music because they're the one controlling what note is coming out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No. I don't know. I never dance about puppet before. dance dance <laughs> monkey dance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's fair. So then voice synth would be. I'm singing, but, you know, like if we based up our mics. Like, you know, the uh, the robot at the beginning of, like, Mr. Roboto by Styx? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the the voice at the beginning of uh, Love Bites by Def Leppard? Oh, yeah. I think that's, like, voice into synthesizer, I guess. Yeah. I'm assuming. We need a robot co-host. <laughs> I'll should. play him with voice <laughs> Yeah, we just have some, like, we'll have them, like, queued up. So, like, yeah. you're, you're right. You're so smart. Oh, you just brought us another bear. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cubot. Yeah. Everything you say is so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Maidenbot 2000. Much smarter than that stupid smart home, which will remain nameless because you'll cut in and play something stupid. Oh, yeah. you got to get rid of that thing, I know. man. I'm so mad right now. Josh has a, uh, is, it a is it Alexa Don't or Google say it Home? Too loud. It hears it's everything. Listening. It's listening to everything it's we listening. say. Sending it to the government. Mm. <laughs> We've totally got off, kind of got off topic, but anyway, back to the corner point. Um, where we talking about? Oh yeah, the, we went through the keys, the guitar synth, the guitar solo, and this is awesome. I saw them. They did this like in 2012 when I saw them. They played this, 
and like when the chorus kicks in you know how the time changes yeah the audience just goes nuts they start jumping up and down it was like this energy it was so great like and you know the energy at a maiden show is so high already yeah so they're playing the song and then it goes it's time to live and a time yeah. to, and everyone just goes nuts i've got an isolated guitar solo here uh, from a live set no this no. is from the studio album version yeah not maybe one of the best technical guitar solos or you know what i mean like it doesn't make your jaw drop but to me good solos we did a guitar solos episode and to me a good guitar solo just fits the song perfectly yeah and this fits the song perfectly fits it perfectly yeah and just sounds amazing i love it that's so crazy if you can do that you deserve money (laughs) lots of uh yeah there's a thing online a while back Something about how much money Maiden makes in ticket sales. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, which they, is total yeah. a load of crap, I think, because yeah. you can't just go like, here's the attendance, here's the ticket price, that's how much money Maiden made. Yeah. They got to pay the venue, they got to pay the staff, they got to pay Yeah, everything. and not only that, yeah. they don't they don't cut corners, they yeah. don't get cheap venues, they're not doing outdoor crap, yeah. funky things like this. It's always high-end stadiums, yeah. they also travel. So all style. these numbers I don't think mean anything, yeah. there's no way to tell. That said, they also a lot more merchandising. If that's I what I was going to yeah. say, I'd rather see the number yeah. on how much merchandise yeah. they sold, because they actually get most yeah. of that. Because you know we drop a couple hundred dollars as well on merch every yeah i know you get in the frenzy and you just oh like, man like, take well, you, my money take my money but then, but then you leave and you have all these shirts and stuff yeah and then you a year later you're just regretting you didn't buy that other shirt i know my whole uh yeah. my, <laughs> in my my whole like last 10 years has been uh i get clothes for christmas and then i get clothes at a maiden concert <laughs> i get clothes right. for christmas i get shirts at a maiden concert and that's like my wardrobe <laughs> so where's all this nice christmas clothes lying around <laughs> They're uh, uh, hanging up in the closet. So you you know we always drink the growlers from Mill Street because they keep yeah. it on beer, and we keep doing it here on the podcast. We've done at least four or five of them, maybe more. Every time you buy growlers there, you get like this loyalty points, and I'm after getting so many growlers. You know, down in my kitchen, yeah. I have all these growlers. You bring them in, four growlers. Empty. I know you go into the brewery, brewery yeah. and they're like, "Hey, Josh." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. I have a certain connection with one yeah. of them, and uh, you know, I go in all the time, and I'm doing this. I've got now. Every every time you fill out a card, you get like a shirt. I've got like six shirts. Oh yeah, but like you know, that's literally what I wear all the time. So I was like, "Why do you always have Mill Street shirts?" I was like, "Cause I'm raging alcohol." <laughs> yeah. So this podcast is like the, your two loves put together. My two loves. What do you think about this uh, beer? I'm gonna go back to the liquor store tomorrow and buy a ton more I of these. I think these I'm are buy a lot. Of them, this is yeah. the best beer they've put out by far. So I'm uh, going to the cabin on, on Thursday for a good two oh, yeah. week spell. Yeah. Beautiful uh, time out in Central. And uh, I'm going to get a boatload of these. 4.5%. They're in cans, too, so they're Perfect great for taking to the cabin because you don't have to lug empties out. Not only that, I can drink them still drive my boat. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that part out. Actually, keep oh, well. it in. <laughs> <laughs> He's joking. Back to the re- clever voice. Yes. Okay. Tangents. I know we got up on beer and Iron Maiden shirts. Yeah. So it's not really on tangents because they're all... <laughs> That's right. Clairvoyant. Great song. Second last song on the album. Get that whole like rebirth, the cycle, the theme that goes through the album. You know what I mean? Yep. They bring it up in, in Infinite Dreams when they're like, uh, I'd like to think that when we die, I get a chance another time and to return and live again. So this song kind of has the same thing on the go. He says, as soon as you're born, you're dying. At the very end of the song, did you notice that he uh, tacks this on to the very last 
time through the course. There's a time to live, but isn't it strange that as soon as you're born, you die? So that's cool. It just really has that whole like cycle, the seventh song. Yeah. This is, reinforces that more. So if I had to pick a song that like sums up Maiden, this might be it. Not really to get someone into Maiden and not Maiden's best song, but like to sum up the sound of Maiden, the solos, the bass, the themes, the vocals, like the song is up there. Hmm. That's good one to chew over. It has, it has everything that is Maiden. In one song. Yeah, the only problem is now, because we've been reviewing this album so much now, I'm so into the synthy sound. Yeah. I'm wondering if that doesn't... Because this song, to me, is like the definition. It's the synthiest of them all. Or at least I can hear it the most. So that kind of, in terms of the Maiden sound, in terms of the Maiden formula, maybe, I can I can get I think that. the spirit of Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this I, is... Yeah, yeah, I still find the Evil the Men do is the most Maiden sound. Yeah, I sound. can see that too, yeah. And it's just maybe because it's so dominant... And they're set lists, but it's also so vocal driven. But this is one of the most definitive Maiden albums. Yeah. Even though it's kind of an outlier as far as like sound. It just, I don't know. It's a concept album. It just sums everything up. It's great. This uh, Clairvoyant was a single. It had a another crazy uh, Derek yeah. Riggs. Probably the craziest Maiden cover. Yeah. It's like three Eddie's heads yeah. like on a screw with like a flames and an eyeball it's that's really... a screw not a spinal column it's like i think it's like a drill bit or something yeah there's this there's a common like floating head open skull thing yeah and that's that. why i like all these singles except yeah. for well, almost all the singles have like this kind of theme that kind of they stick to which, yeah and that kind of gives it like a cohesive album feel with the single covers and the album cover uh the version on this was a live version of Clairvoyant, a live version of The Prisoner, and Heaven Can Wait, also live. And they're all from the Donington concert. Mm. So, And in Derek Riggs's, this album cover, in Derek Riggs's book, he says he was trying to do like a past, present, and future three faces thing. And he was trying to like join them together. And he was drawing them, and he was trying to figure out how to put the cheeks together when you have those three faces together. And he kind of like erased it. And he kind of looked the, like the way it looked with no cheeks, with just like the top jaws and the bottom jaws disconnected. So he just kind of left it that way and like finished it off. What's cool with like the it's flaming really cool. tongues coming out? It's a, it's a really different one too. Yeah. Not as good as uh, Can I Play with Madness album cover, which I think is way cooler. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But still very cool. Yeah, it's it's unique. Yeah. So next track. Next track. The closer. So which I know you covered, love the song. Yeah, we covered it recently, like five or six, maybe eight podcasts ago. We did... Uh, we did Underrated. Underrated. We named the song, and we yeah. did Best Closers. You had this as one of your top closers. Yeah. I yeah. love this song. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. The yeah. lyrics are It so sums good. up the whole story, you know? He's like, I think I'll... So I think I'll leave you with your bishops and your guilt. So until yeah. the next time, have a good sin. I yeah, I think that, that was yeah. a lyric I pulled out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. There's so much good, you know? Yeah, only the good die young. All the evil seem to live forever. It's yeah. through the song so much, but yeah. it's just such a great, you know, that kind yeah. of theme we talked about. I think we were talking about it before earlier today, um, you know, about the evil the men do and how that carries on. And I think you'd mentioned a quote and how it goes back to, 
you know, uh, the good, I think you said we're interred with men's bones, whereas evil and men do live on forever. Yeah. That's an interesting yeah. theme. And it's yeah. cool. The song like sums up the story that's going on. There's like a storyline that's kind of a vague storyline, but this kind of is like, it's, yeah, it's not so vague. Like he turns his back on man, mankind. He tries to warn them in the prophecy, and they don't listen. And then in the song, he's just like he turns his back on humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, the song too has like the classic Maiden gallop. Yeah. It's uh, a little bit of guitar synth sound and like some key, a little bit of keyboards. So you get, like, the classic Maiden sound mixed with, like, the Seventh Son era sound in the song, which I think is kind of cool. And, then, yeah, like you said, the, time, the theme really ties into the evil that men do and the whole theme of the album. I love that they double-tracked Bruce's vocals, so you get these, like, cool harmonies on the go. So yeah, I just the vocals there sound really cool. The harmonies, Sadly. yeah, such a great chorus. I don't know if you noticed, you probably noticed before, but there's like a little bass solo in there. So it's going along, and then they take a couple of bars, and Steve Harris is like, "I'm just going to stick a little bass solo in here." short and sweet but it's awesome <laughs> yeah but you know what that always reminds me of whenever i hear that part um galloping horse no no paul rudd in that i love you man movie oh, yeah. where it's like slap it a bass yeah. slap it a bass you know it's like yeah the in the lyrics you know seven deadly sins seven ways to win seven holy paths of hell then it goes on seven downward slopes seven bloodied hopes seven are your burning fires seven your desires seven lines it's cool seven lines they say the word seven seven times Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And an awesome guitar solo. It's Adrian. It fits the song perfectly again. That's what makes it a good solo to me. I always talk about that, how the solo should fit the song. Um, It kind of mirrors the vocals. It's not the same melody, but like the phrasing and the feel of the melody of the guitar solo and the lyrics are kind of the same, like the vocals and the solo. I don't know how to describe it. It kind of makes the whole song very like cohesive sounding. I don't know. It's like the solo's inspired by the verses. I'll just play you a clip and see if this makes any more sense. The demon in your mind will rape you in your bed at night. The wisdom of ages, the lies and outrageous So it has kind of the same feel as the as the lyrics, but it's not the same melody exactly, but I don't know. The, it just fits perfect. Yeah. It's like a perfectly... We always talk about how like Dave Murray does these like improvised solos. Yeah. He has like a starting point, he says, and an ending point, and he just kind of like improvises through. This is like a perfectly crafted guitar solo by Adrian. Like when yeah. he crafts these perfect solos. I think it's amazing. This is one of the best solos, I think, on the album. Yeah. I know I said that about every solo so far. <laughs> yeah, no, th- no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's when you when you said that. I've never heard that in a solo till now. Yeah. But I mean, even then, towards the end, you can hear like almost only the good die young kind of feels like it fits in. Yeah, there. it just fits. Yeah. Really well. No, that's yeah. really cool. 
I love this track. I picked it as underrated. Yeah. It's a great way to close. Yeah. Not because it's not known or it's not rated highly by people. It's just, you know, this this yeah. album is so dominated by yeah. the title track. I know. They, they open with too. a they open yeah. with a rocker, they close with a rocker. Yeah. It's a it's a, what it's an awesome song to end an album. End yeah. an awesome album. And then the way the song ends, it kind of ends, everything comes crashing down. You know, the band just, everyone just goes nuts. Yeah. Like, kind of like the beginning of El Dorado. You know how they do that thing with like everyone just yeah. going crazy. And then it just fades into this, like the acoustic thing comes again and it brings it all around. And like, it's almost like the album's going to start again. And where the lyrics are so much about this like cycle of like rebirth and stuff. It's cool that it like ends with this acoustic thing. And then it's just like, it's almost like Moonchild's going to kick in again. Mm. So, I don't know, it's awesome. Yeah. Some cyclical aspects. Yes. <laughs> Man, that's a great album. I'm glad that we took, you know, three episodes to do this because it's probably one of my, you know, well, it is probably my favorite album. I yeah. mean, although it's so hard now to pick a single one, but, yeah. you know, how was it received by people at the time? Like, So it came out, yeah. it was number one in the UK. Yeah. Uh, number 12 in the US. So like thrash metal, I said, was like in full force compared to like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax that thrash stuff that was going on at the time. This, I think this sounded really commercial. Yeah. And I think it was kind of like in the States with the synth and the acoustic guitar and stuff. I think people, I don't know, the sales versus somewhere in time were not nearly as high in the US. Really? So it didn't do very well in the States compared to Europe. Uh, I think since it's done really well. But like this is kind of kicked off that like back to basics approach that it went for the next album no prayer for the dying and i think this is half the reason why like adrian wanted to leave too right like this is this is like the last album they did and then adrian's gone yeah so Mm. yeah if we could turn it around no prayer yeah (laughs) that's around the corner we should do no prayer next and then blaze yeah we can yeah yeah i've been listening to it a fair bit it's not that bad something different it's just you know Every, well, an album that we can actually have some criticisms about. <laughs> this one was just enough. like three hours of like raving about how awesome it is. But it is an awesome well, album. I don't have much too. to. We can also, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and we haven't covered Iron Maiden. No. Nope. And we haven't covered Peace of Mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have a lot of classics still. We, have we haven't done Beast yet. We haven't done Beast. We did Beast. No, we didn't. No, we didn't do Beast. Yeah. <sighs> I know. There's so many Love albums to do. Beast. I'm dying to do Book oh. of Souls too. Book of Souls. I have a feeling that's going to be like well, a six episode. Well, now it's far enough. It's a double album, right? If you'd if you if you'd have done it like last year, I'd have been just like it's the best album ever. I know because yeah. we were just listening to it City Belt. Yeah, Josh had the uh, Book of Souls CD in his truck for over a year. Every single time I got in your uh, truck, you were Nesbitt, blasting it. I still have it. It's still in there. there. It's still in there. <laughs> Although I put uh, Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots in. Okay, disc one through five. Yeah. It's, so yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we should wrap this up soon. But touring yeah. very quick. Okay, yeah, the, so, yeah, they, what do you say about the tour? The Made in England DVD yeah. is this tour. Really? So, makes sense. Uh, the, they did two warm-up shows as Charlotte and the Harlots in West Germany, and one in New York. Yeah. These, like, secret shows as, like, warm-ups. So, it would have been cool to see one of those. Uh, they ramped the touring up to, like, this new level with, like, the stage set. Eight, they did 101 shows on the seventh, seventh tour of a seventh tour. Part of what made Adrian leave, I think, is there's a quote from him where he says that they played all the songs way too fast on this album when they played them live. And he said they were like choking life out of them. And there's like, I read somewhere that he used to be on stage doing like sound, trying to get his guitar tone right and like sound checking. Mm-hmm. And other people in the band like weren't even sound checking, just go on stage and play. And he was like really, I think he was more into it musically and everyone else was more into it as like a big touring machine. 
Yeah. And he and I think he was kind of on a different wavelength from everyone while they were touring yeah. this album. And then yeah, they went and he helped write I think Hooks in You on the next album and then he was gone. Yeah. So he was gone the next album like writing the next album right when they started. It's pretty crazy, eh, to yeah. leave like such a big band rather than just like air your opinion and be cuz that sounds sensible. Obviously that's his side of it. Yeah. I think he probably aired his opinion in I don't know. It just I think didn't. Steve Harris is like it's my band and this is the way it's going. Wow. At the time especially. So yeah, the set design was very cool. Lots of ice. Those eddies from the that we we're talking about, the ones in the ice. Yeah. They had big ones of those on stage as like set design. It was pretty cool. But the eddy from the they kept melting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they chisel a new one every night. Chisel a new one. <laughs> yeah. They're D- actually Derek uh, Riggs. Hey Derek, can you change the set for tomorrow? Completely new new concept <laughs> for tomorrow. Those eddies that they use on stage. Those actually, uh, uh, I saw something online. They were auctioning one of those off. A couple of years ago, oh no, it would have been cool to get. They had the big Seventh Son Eddie. They used to come up behind like the drum riser with the mm. flaming head, which is cool. And if you see the uh, Guns N' Roses Paradise City video, that is from the Monsters of Rock Festival in Donington, August twentieth, nineteen eighty-eight. Guns N' Roses was opening for uh, Seventh Son. Really? Uh, wait, Guns N' Roses was opening for Maiden, the Seventh Son tour. Yeah. So that video, when you watch the Paradise City video, that's actually the opening band for a Maiden concert. Awesome. You know, it's... it's oh, something yeah. else about that video? Go ahead. While Guns N' Roses was playing, two people got trampled to death. It was crazy. Two people got killed. Yeah, so band. they had this big, like, triumphant, like, concert. This Donington, when they had, when Maiden headlined Donington, it was like a career high. And it was yeah. like, they just, it was like this new level they just hit. And they're on this high. And then afterwards, they found out about these two people and just, like, ruined everything. It just yeah. brought them crashing right back down again. Yeah. But anyway, next time we watch the Paradise City video, that's two <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, zoom in and see if you can find the people getting... Yeah. That's brutal, man. It is super brutal, yeah. That sucks. Apparently it was really muddy and people just... Two couple of people went down and they just went down in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, talk about like a... Like, imagine you're at that concert had the best off, time. Right? So many people packed in there so tight. Like, if you watch yeah. the Paradise city video you can really see how like people were packed in and i read people talking about like people that were there talking about how crowded it was yeah and they said like you're you're you'd get up off the ground your feet wouldn't touch the ground you'd come down like 10 feet to the side this crowd was just like surging so anyway yeah that would have been a i think festivals changed a lot since then too like with the way they organize and control the crowd yeah and that well ooh, what's interesting is yeah hillsborough the English football stadium where all the people were crushed. That was 89. A year after. Yeah. So okay. that, because I was, that's, that was the, the first thing that came to mind. I just checked it on my phone there because, you know, they were so sensitive after that. That yeah. obviously I thought it was mid 80s, but it was 89. Yeah. The Hillsborough disaster, yeah. which is horrific when you hear this. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, Appetite for Destruction, uh, Guns N' Roses. That album I've been listening to it around the clock. Oh yeah, at the gym, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I think Tense. that I've said this before. Appetite for Destruction is like a perfect album. Yeah, it's the most. It's probably my favorite album of all time, including all the Maiden albums. I don't think there's a bad guitar solo. There's not a bad. You can't pick one line of vocals out of one song that's not like perfect. Everything about it is great. It's sequenced perfectly. Yeah. It has the best opener song of any album, the best closing song, Rock Queen of any album. Yeah. Everything on it is amazing. The rhythm so, guitar, like I would love to have an instrumental version where it's 
no lead guitar and no vocals just to listen to like is he playing the rhythm guitar like the every single thing the bass lines everything on that album there's and there's tracks in there like night train that people just the guns and roses fans know to pieces but like people who are not guns and roses fans i think that people i think that you'd be surprised i think everyone knows every single song on that yeah well even like my michelle like people that are casual fans that's one of my favorites yeah um but one one track's got a tarnish on it for me now and it was what i previously said the best clothes are my favorite song was rocket queen yeah you know the the sex sounds. Yeah. Have you heard this backstory on that? Yeah, I know. Of course, it, you know yeah. it. I have a library but, of Guns N' Roses of course, books and biographies. That's, that's so. Axel like banging his bass player's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, it was actually the drummer's girlfriend. The drummer's yeah. girlfriend, Stephen Adler. How yeah. do you know this stuff? <laughs> and like Stephen Adler's exactly, but like apparently they had split up or they were going to split yeah, up. Yeah, well, like, I don't know what the true story is. But I mean, how does he feel about that? He I read care. his book and he, I, I don't know. He didn't mention it. He mentioned it. What did he say? Uh, I think he kind of said it was like not. He was a girlfriend, but I think it wasn't like they were like, you know, about to get married or anything. I think they were just like still. a girlfriend at the time. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's just Axel, his right? girlfriend at the that's time. Axel, yes. though, right? Like, yeah, but I mean, how could you tolerate I think that? a lot of that was like a power move by Axel to show, I don't know. Dominance. Yeah. But that's the point. But like for him, yeah. And Steven Adler out. is just, you know, that's his personality. He doesn't care. I think he cared, but I think he's was not Was he in the studio? Like apparently. Like, no, he wasn't the in the studio. It was yeah. when they were doing vocals. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently it was the weirdest scenario because they're all standing around and he's like banging this girl and like <laughs> apparently Axel's saying like, oh, you're being too loud. And then after she said she did it to get back at him because he cheated on her. Yeah, I can't remember the details on it. Yeah, but, well, yeah. I was I was like loving this album like two weeks ago. You know what? I'm, that's why I said when we started this podcast, like deep <laughs> See, diving for me. that makes songs more interesting to me. That makes it, how do you read all the, like to me as soon as I read that, I'm like, Axel was a dickhead. As soon as I read that, I'm like, he's a dick. Yeah. But I hate him now. What's that have to do with anything? Well, I hate dickheads like that. Like a guy who do that to his buddy. I mean, that's shit. But if you if you feel that way, then like most rock bands, you're that's not going to like anymore. Do you remember like one of the first we had this discussion in like the first podcast? Like I don't read books of bands. I get into bands. I listen to music. Yeah. And the reason I don't deep dive is because then I find out they're like super religious or they're into drinking lamb blood, and I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And then I just I can't empathize with them anymore you know one of the reasons i love our main so much is that they're patently somewhat normal right you know and this mean? goes back to the argument that we had when we were talking about sabbath and yes. you hate sabbath because ozzy Osbourne's and you a, don't a, care he's, what he's they sound like now. it's just because yes you don't like ozzy and, and his, i his am, wife i'm with you it. probably on our yeah. opinion of like definitely what we think of sharon osborne yes and like i think i'm like 80 percent of the way to where you are with ozzy yes but i can separate that from the sabbath tunes which are amazing you see, I can't. Yeah. I, I can't. I can separate the art I can. from the artist. Okay, right? okay. So this girl walks by. She's amazingly beautiful, all this stuff. But you know she's a horrific person. Yeah. Her, less attractive, right? Yeah, I'd say. You know? You meet, you meet someone yeah, who's like beautiful and but if she an painted awesome a painting, person. You're like, yeah. this is the most amazing. But if she painted a painting, I wouldn't be like, oh, that painting sucks. Because you're an idiot. Uh, the like most, too far. Most, yeah, I don't know. I think you're, 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 you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think anyway, everyone... as soon as I hear that now, he's like doing it. I just it ruins Rocket Queen for me now. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's wrap it up. All right. So anyway, we'll, let's just say, perfect mix of rockers and epics, everything in between. <laughs> At its heaviest, it's really heavy. At its yeah. catchiest, it's really catchy. Super strong melodies. It's got the maiden gallop in there sometimes. It's got strong theme. Instantly likable, catchy singles. Stuff you need to wrap your head around, and dig yeah. into. It's just. It's a great, great album. Really cohesive. There the were album covers, synthesizers. The art, yeah, <laughs> synthesizers. 
Yeah, so... So oh, you can play metal with synthesizers. You can play metal with synthesizers. <laughs> I gotta yeah. say it. Although, Behind the Iron Curtain, Bruce Dickinson was wrong. Yeah, so anyway, uh, excellent album. Yeah. Great. You know, a lot, yeah. of, lot of great time reflecting on it, listening to it and prep for this. Yeah. Then listen to it for Steady Belt anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Power Slave in this one took three episodes to get through, but yeah. I figured they would take... Well, they have... Would. It's not just... It's not a statement on the quality of the of the album it's a statement on the amount of i guess original material we have to work with that's right yeah 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 fantastic so talkingmaiden.com go to itunes and rate us if you haven't yeah. already yeah. we would thank you so much for all that stuff reflection one last reflection on the beer top glass oh man this beer is amazing yeah it's all great right. i'll put this one on the website by the time this one comes out uh by the time you're listening to this it should be on the website if you go to the beer list perfect uh, great the next episode is actually going to come out while it comes out on friday yeah. We'll actually be on a plane on the way to the UK to see three Maiden shows. Oh, definitely. While this, not this episode, the one that we record next week, when that one actually goes live. I can't wait to leave. Yeah. Okay. So if you're listening to it on Friday, yeah, we will packing. probably be in the UK. Yeah, getting yeah. my packet done now. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right, we'll send it to Trip's getting close. Getting close. Can't wait. Legacy of the Beast. All right, till next time. Up the irons and down the hops. Yeah.